as a side issue, I was reading the local newspaper down here, the Bournemouth Daily Echo, and being a golf man, you would um, be quite interested in this. It was uh, The headline was, local man admitted to hospital with a golf ball lodged up his bottom. His wife told the Daily Echo that it's gone up a fair way. <laughs> My name's Neil Dudman. And my name's Dave Kite, and you're listening to the Nursery Business Podcast. We are recording. Good morning, good afternoon, or is it? No, still morning. Good morning. Still morning, sun's shining, so it's all good. We've just had a really good Zoom meeting. That was amazing. I really enjoyed that one. I love it when we talk about business and buying and expanding and saving tax and all those sorts of things. That, that, that's definitely my cup of tea Absolutely. or coffee as I'm now drinking. <laughs> <laughs> coffee is good. Coffee or tea. Yeah. yeah so you've uh, got a bit of a bee in your bonnet this week. I've got lots of bees in my bonnet. I've had another bad experience of customer service, but I'm not going to go into that one. There seems to be just Mr. Unlucky for, I was going to say something rude then, but crap customer service. So not going to talk on that. Again, I think people understand that they need to, well, I'd hope people understand that they need to give good service, but. Yeah. Do you think you're attracting it at the moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. I feel feel like I'm a shit magnet for shit service. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to have to change the. The The profanity filter. Podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Don't blame you. Don't blame you. Yeah. So it's something interesting that's been happening the last um, few weeks and, or the last week, sorry. And I. And I've been monitoring it, which is unusual for me because normally I just switch off from it. But I've been taking screenshots of every time it's happened. And this week I have been marketed by nursery operators to sign my child up to their nursery or the fact that they've got a new nursery in about to be opened, which is all really good news because clearly... My, a lot of my Facebook and social is based in the childcare market, so I could see why having a inverted commas interest in childcare would flag me up. But, however, the issue is that one of these nurseries is in the West Midlands, one of these nurseries is in London, one of these one of these nurseries is in Poole, which I'll come on to that one in a, in a minute. One of these nurseries is in Newquay. And another one is in Leeds. I so, think you must be getting around a lot. But in, in normal days, that's just a, a standard week in the Dudman household. Potentially, yes. <laughs> yeah. But my sort of rant to these people is that who on earth is doing your advertising? Because you really need to have a word with them because you need to set some kind of distance parameters within your location of the people that you want to attract so say for argument's sake I do have a two-year-old I do have a three-year-old that I'm looking for a nursery place I ain't looking in the West Midlands yeah surely you are <laughs> no so little gardeners day nurseries in the West Midlands you you really need to have a word with whoever does your social media advertising and I've messaged a few of these people to just say look this is happening and I think I've just got the general reply of Hey, you are like no i no idea so beale vale preschool is another one 
Well, the, the is, interesting um, thing is that one of the Facebook, I presume these are Facebook ads, are they? Yeah, absolutely. There, there is an option in the location selection criteria that says uh, people who live in this area or people who have visited this area. And in days gone by, when you wouldn't have thought twice about being in four corners of the UK in one week on holiday, that it could have picked you up because you were visiting that area, but clearly that's not happening at the moment. Seems to me like their location selection criteria, not quite up to scratch, and they've just gone for an interest criteria. Because you're a local business, and we're looking working in a local market, it's crazy to not put any ads outside of a small distance. Are you probably, how far do you go? Three miles? Would you go much further than that? Five, at, five at the maximum. I, I, I certainly don't want to be... Uh, marketed by Beale Vale Preschool, who have multiple sites in Oldham, in Manchester. <laughs> that's that's certainly not going to float my boat for so a day. Something commute. you're not telling me. You're, you're yeah. not being honest with me. Yeah, now, aren't you? but but there is a little bit of praise as as well. I am um, tops. Day nurseries have uh, targeted me for recruitment, and that's great because yes, I'm in the location. Yes, I've got interest in childcare, and they're bang on. And the best thing that it, it says we're recruiting, and there's a great picture of children with a magnifying glass, and it says, "Are you looking for new opportunity?" Blah 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 blah. And their tagline is "Exciting opportunities in pool." So they are area specific with their advertising. So they're they targeting get, they people. They get the gold star this week. They get the Cheryl gets the gold star for good advertising this week because it's targeting Excellent. the right people in the right location. And on the advert, it says the location. Brilliant. So Brilliant. I'm not interested in Newquay. I'm not interested in Manchester. And I'm not interested in the West Midlands. And do you know what? I actually clicked on the link just to see where the, where they would go to and what was waiting for me. And I've sent two of those people a message and the message hasn't even been looked at yet. So it's thank goodness I'm not a client looking to register my child at the nursery because I wouldn't have had a call back or even a message back. So gold star with the, the ad itself. Take the gold star back because there was no follow up. Correct. Why would you spend money on advertising? and not call a prospect well she probably saw neil dudman and that was it <laughs> yeah well, we, we've heard of him she a curse word and say what are you doing spending my ad budget yeah. interestingly when i i do a few google ad campaigns um, for a cute few clients and the first thing i do is get them to give me postcodes of existing clients and that's okay with gdpr because my postcode is six people it's not personal data and I then do is I go onto Google Maps and you can import the postcodes and it will create you a pin for every person, every client that you have. And so you can actually get a good idea of where your current clients are. Now, if you've been in business for a while, you can also import past clients and, and really see where your, where your current clients are clustered. Advertising there is a really good idea because that's where you've got current clients and there's a good chance that you can get more clients from there. But every now and then you see one that's way out, 10 miles out, 20 miles out. Yeah. And the chances are that they're commuting to work and dropping their child off at nursery close to where they work. But yeah. you'd be mad advertising 20 miles out because it's like the old 80 20 rule you know 80 percent 
80% of um, your customers will come from a really small area. 20% will be miles out and, and you won't get any more from advertising out there. So it's definitely an 80-20 rule. And there's a fab little feature on the advertising on Facebook. When you, the first and foremost, your geographical area is number one's important. It doesn't matter what the advert is or who you're targeted. You've got to get the geographical location if you're a geographical business. That has to be correct. But on the Facebook advertising platform, you have, once you've set your options, there's a few little ticks boxes. And it says people who live in this location, people yeah. that have visited this location, or people that pass through this location. Yeah. So clearly, you just want people who live in that location. Yeah, yeah. If you're a, um, if you're a hotel or a B and B, you don't want people that live there. You want people that are passing through or have visited. So there's different parameters for different types of businesses. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And with that, people who have visited, then your ad's going to go all over the country potentially. Yeah, I've tried to reach out to these people and say, look you need to sort this i've just cost you one pound by clicking on your advert which i'm so not guilty for and okay. it's just, just a again waste a waste of time and you know, no one's even looked at the message let alone for it. it's a rubbish message so what's the point of advertising on facebook in the first place if your advert goes to your messenger and you're going to look at it certainly in google ads one of the things you can do is you can go in and uh, do a test on and see where your what your ad looks like and with that, you can actually change where you are in the country. So you can say, I am now in Leeds. And then I put my search term up and it should say, sorry, can't find any ads for you. Your ad's not showing. And But if it does show, then you've got your targeting role. Yeah. No, it's, there's so many things that just do not make sense. And people are wasting money by either not doing it correct themselves or the agency that they're using. Are not doing it correct and that's even more of a sin yeah yeah cool i i understand that the um ios 14 the new apple the new apple operating system is causing all sorts of um, pain and heartache with retargeting because now you have to give permission for facebook to target retarget you and so this is going to kill the retargeting stone dead interesting interesting Okay, so one of the topics that uh, came up today and something that, that we've uh, seen from time to time in the uh, Cell Nursery website is somebody owning two or three businesses, three, two or three nurseries, but running them all from the same limited company. That is yeah. a nightmare when you come Fun. to sell it. Yeah. Fun and games. <clears throat> and I know I sold my credit checking business years gone, years gone by. It was a standalone business. We had multiple businesses at the time. You know, we agreed a price. The share, shares were transferred. They even ran the, the, the business from our offices for a 12 month. But everything was, Mike and I hardly did three or four hours a month in the business. There was everything ready to go. They just took it over. It ran itself. And then eventually it was moved from uh, Trowbridge to Cardiff to their head offices. But when you're when you come to sell your business, I, I think a lot of people are not strategic with their businesses. They, they have no plan. They just buy it or, or grew it or started, it and then that's it. But a lot and of people then, think a business is is for life. They start a business and they have a business, and oh, this is going to be forever. There's no future planning or where is this going or what if I want to sell? What if I don't want to do it anymore? It's just I have a business. This is my life. This will be forever and ever. 
and also it's worth silly amounts of money just because you paid 200,000 to buy a business doesn't necessarily mean it's worth 200,000 yeah one one of our guys was looking at looking at the, a set of accounts and it didn't add up and that was because the accounts were basically created by the accountant because there were multiple businesses in the same accounts and same limited company and who's to say there's no accurate tracking of costs and the, the minimum we should have is a separate bank account uh, separate cost centers and basically separate accounts even within the limited company if you're not doing that how can you ever yeah, assess it, what's real absolutely i think if you are going to have them all under the same limited company but hashtag why would you at least have as you said a separate bank account and separate books systems okay. so you can just give them to somebody and say okay this is all under the, a different limit the same limited company but there you go that's your documentation you can assist for it this is what it's showing but here's a proof and that is so much better and clearer in order to give trust in a deal so if i was looking to buy a, a nursery the one thing i want to know is basically how much money you're taking out on the quiet because that actually makes your business even more valuable are you off the record are you paying for your broadband your phone your car your some tesco shops etc no it's, it's this is just between you and me just so that i understand that if you are taking a few extra perks that's money that i will get back in in the business and so it makes your business even more valuable you're not it, it's a plus when you're selling because whatever you take out per month, you can just multiply that by 12 and times that by three, three and a half to four. So you could quite easily add another 50 grand onto the asking price for your, for your nursery if you wanted to sell easily. And, and justifiably too. And, and why would you undersell what you have? The whole, the whole sort of expanding your nursery portfolio is, is really interesting because one nursery may be worth something to one person but to another person it may be worth less or more it, it depends what they're looking for and it depends what's in their portfolio already so if if you're an owner manager and you're looking to sell then for somebody like me i know i'm going to have to put a new manager in there which is a ball ache and it's going to cost more money whereas if you're an owner manager coming into the market you can just replace that person with yourself like for, for and the books are as, as they are. So for that person coming in, it's potentially worth more than it is to me. Yeah, that's very interesting. We, we, we Generally, we talk about uh, three times profit. But if you had a small nursery and it was making, it was taking something like 120 to 150 grand a year, but making 10 grand profit, then in theory, multiplying that by three grand, uh, three times, it, the, the business is only worth 30 grand. But when I sold my credit checking business, the company that bought it valued at 50% of the turnover and then 50% of the profit. So in that scenario, you know, if I was 120 grand, but only 10 grand profit, I would get 60 grand for the turnover and mm. five grand for the profit. That makes my business worth 65 grand and not 30 grand so there are there are different ways of, of calculating especially when there are no profits involved if you're uh, looking at a business like that with no with with low profits and you could see that they're only 50 percent 
occupied and they have no system of recruiting new children you can walk in there with your facebook ads going to the wrong places <laughs> and the google ads and 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 fill, and fill the establishment yeah we know people that have bought lost making nurseries for multiple hundreds of thousands of pounds because they they knew that it fitted their criteria and they could turn it into something better and now they're highly prof- profitable but we also know owners who have bought a nursery for five ten thousand pounds and they've made profit from month one because the person just wants to get out and they're out of touch and they're way out of their depth there there is a buyer for every seller but of course the the sales price is what they both agree that's it we can talk as much as we you may pay less for a nursery that I may pay more for because I, I have my reasons and my growth and my plans and vice versa. You know, it could be I, I, I would pay I, less because I would pay less because I don't want one. You might shy away from something which I may be interested in and vice versa for multiple different reasons. But the price is whatever we agree. And so that's um, it. We, we laugh at that statement, but the, the less needy you are, the uh, more power you have in a negotiation if you go and you think oh these numbers are not right somebody's asking for a hundred thousand pounds for this nursery and they've only made 10 to twenty thousand pounds and you might be saying well it's worth 30 to 50. if you put in a, an offer for 50 and don't care if it comes through or not then you're in a really strong position because the the other person's got nothing to negotiate with they can't leverage your neediness the minute you become needy you're in trouble yeah, I, I think it's it's very difficult to sometimes do that, but it is, it is wise to do that. But there's a fine line between not being needy and then not showing enough interest because the one thing that owners do have, or a lot of owners do have, is a personal affinity to their business and that emotional con- context to it. So if you don't show enough passion and eagerness then they're not going to sell their baby to you so it's an interesting line you can show the passion and show the interest and show all of that but underneath you're like i can walk away from this quite easily talking uh, of walking away you're doing anything this uh, easter weekend or are you at home this weekend we're home aren't we there's nowhere to go no holidays oh no days out we do have the sea. Do have the sea, but unfortunately, I'm going to be up in Basingstoke, and there's not much sea in Basingstoke. Basingstoke, okay. <laughs> I should be uh, taking a, a little day trip down to Bristol over the weekend. See, uh, very nice too. Very nice uh, too. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's going to be a bit cooler this weekend compared to the week. So I think it's uh, it's it's country walks and homemade roast dinners and lazy afternoons on the sofa. I think sounds great. Can't wait. Was it you, one of the thousands of people in the park on Monday? In the park? Lots of bits and bobs. Yeah, no, I, I think I was working Monday, actually. Heaven forbid. I did take full advantage of getting the fire pit out on Monday, getting the fire going and inviting a couple of friends around for a beer in the evening. That was that was very pleasant. Mind you, the smell of my jacket the next day. I, I'd certainly been smoked. Yeah, I <laughs> completely weird off off topic conversation, but I like to use a smokeless coals. So I use a couple of fire lighters and then smokeless coal, which I get from Amazon. And then you don't smell at all when you come in. But I hate wood. I hate wood smelling a wood fire. It's I've got disgusting. a pile of it. <laughs> yeah, more for you. 
don't invite me around, will you? <laughs> there wasn't any chance of that anyway. I'll bring a bag of coal with me. Okay. <laughs> Deal. Deal. Okay, enjoy enjoy your Easter eggs. Yep. And you? I've got to go and buy some first. Yeah. Not having any kids around. And I look forward to uh, seeing all your events that you'll be running soon. Oh, yes. Yeah, speaking of events, that's the other thing I wanted to speak about. We had an event at one of our nurseries on Saturday. And within, we had 12 book in for it. We had 11 turn up. One didn't turn up because they thought it was this Saturday coming. So they've actually been in, I think they're coming in today, I think, for their viewing. And we had, we've had eight people sign up. So I'm pretty happy with that success rate. So the... For September? No, April's almost, most, most of them are instant starts, which is fantastic. So big up to my... Big up to my management team and the nursery team at Maples for doing a cracking job at the open day. It's it, it's nice to have those sort of people on board that can run it without me now. That's their sort of crack, cracking on and I'm told to stay away. And heartbreaking in one respect, because I do like to be involved, but they do tell me I just get in the way. So they have told me in no certain terms, we don't need you anymore. And with that, mic drop. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of what they do and what they achieve, but it's uh, very blessed to have a really good team surrounding us at the minute and um, long may that continue. And I, I think they really like the freedom to express themselves and to, to do it their way. I've always been very demo- democratic in as, as long as everyone's happy, we can do it whichever way we deem fit and right. And that's what they've taken on. And they do things differently to how I would do, but it still works and we're still quality. So happy days. It just goes to show that choosing a business that you don't actually, um, can't actually run is a really good thing to do because you don't have the qualifications. (laughs) No, I don't have the qualifications. In fact, someone asked me the other day, what qualifications, qualifications do you have? And I think I've got one GCSE. That's it. But can I run a multi-million pound company? Yes. No problem. And it's it's a certain skill set that you sometimes you just can't teach. Yeah, it's the lessons you learn whilst running a business are so totally different to lessons you learn in the classroom. It's just mm. chalk and cheese. Yeah. Cool. Have a good, good week. Can yeah, and you may look after yourself and goodbye to listener. Yeah, thanks for coming, listener. Talk again next week. Bye. Speak to you soon. If there are any topics from today's episode of the Nursery Business Podcast and you want to find out more or ask questions or have suggestions, email podcast at yournurserybusiness.co.uk. Take care, guys.